It's time for more buy, sell, hold. Let's go. Chance towards the end zone, and it is caught. Eight off here. Jump. Down inside. The silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Allen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. Today, we are joined by a friend of the show, his second time on. You can find him on Twitter, at DynastyCoachA. He's the host of the Monocle Dynasty podcast. John, how are you? Very good. I need to get back on a third time. I know this is only the second time now, but I need to get back on the third time so we can say best friend of the show. But yeah, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I was excited when you reached out. So thanks for having me. Of course. Now, as you know, before we start talking about some players, we always like to do a little would you rather customized to our guest. Are you ready for your second customized would you rather question? Yeah, um, let's go. Okay, this one's going to be a little bit interesting, I think, but I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to play directly to you. So, would you rather have to only be able to play in standard scoring redraft leagues for fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> or have to drink all of your meals through a straw? You can't chew anything. Everything has to be blended up, sucked through a straw. Uh, I think it's <laughs> I think it's pretty easy that I am uh, that I'm I'm drinking through a straw i can't do redraft <laughs> <Yes>. man <laughs> you can't do it <laughs> I'm, I'm so over redraft i i you know I, I saw somebody post i think it was kevin dubois um a post like redraft still the 101 of of all like fantasy services or whatever and i'm just like man come on like he's just so much better <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah after I, I muted him then you know I, I dm'd him and said hey come on like what's going on here are you feeling okay or, you know but uh no i yeah i I, I love redraft. I, I did it for years and years and years. But as soon as you get that dynasty bug, like you just know that there's nothing's the same. I mean, that's why we're sitting here talking about dynasty football and about these players because they don't matter in redraft. Like, or at least not right now. You know, like it's just, we <laughs> yeah. care because it's better. Yeah, I thought I might be able to get you just because I know you are a food lover. You love to eat just like me. I so I thought maybe by you know making it harder on you. I think it would be. I think it'd be one of those things where it'd be really weird for like a month, and then you would just get used to it. And at that point, you know, you're like, I love flavors and and food and all that kind of stuff. And you're not losing any of that. Like it, it's just getting used to the texture of it, which I think you can do. So you know, even like I said, it would be very weird. And I do love you know, like you 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 know me. Like I go out and grill yeah. a steak and do all that. And now I'm just gonna be pureeing it, but I'm still gonna get that steak flavor and the mashed potatoes and whatever. It's all going to the same place anyway. You know. There you go. <laughs> all right, let's get on to our first player, Michael Carter, whose DLF startup ADP currently is RB thirty nine. It's dropped quite a bit from the draft. I would say there's a bit of an overcorrection there, personally. Now, fourth round draft pick by the Jets in 2021. They come back and draft Brees Hall this year in the second round. But Michael Carter was pretty good as a rookie. Uh, he finished his RB29 in full PPR scoring as a rookie, which is pretty good for fourth round draft pick. That usually doesn't happen. He had 55 targets in his 14 games, but 31 of those targets came in the four games that Mike White was playing QB. John. We buying, holding, selling. What are we doing here? I definitely buy him at that 
running back 40 price uh, or 39 price. You know, I, I only have him a few spots ahead of that, but I have him in a tier. I have him at RB 37 right now, but I have him in a tier of like eight high priority backups that I, I could easily move him up or down, you know, depending. And if I wanted to move him to the front of that, that tier, he could be like running back 32. Uh, so, you know, then that's a pretty substantial difference. So I guess I would say that I am buying him at that price. Um, I haven't actually gone out of my way to buy him anywhere, but I've also not sold him anywhere. Now, I think I only have him in maybe two or three leagues. Uh, I didn't have a lot of like mid seconds last year. So, you know, that's kind of where he was going. Like I, mm-hmm. I was drafting around like the 204, 205 range. I think that's where I got him in a couple leagues. And, and you know, like the, the opportunity to sell didn't really present itself that much much or you know like or at least the window wasn't open for that long and so i ended up not selling and maybe that was a mistake i mean clearly at this point it probably was but at the same time i do think he's that high priority backup that uh you know if anything were to ever happen to Brees, which Brees is a much better running back i don't there's people on twitter like making arguments about no michael carter that no come get the fuck out of here or get the hell out of here sorry <laughs> but it's uh i yeah, Carter's not that guy, but he is good. Like, he he actually graded out as my RB17 last year, uh, you know, with obviously there was injuries to guys and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, th- there's guys that you could push above him. But, you know, even if you want to say, like, RB20, 24, or whatever, he wasn't this terrible running back or anything. Right. Um, and, and he actually, you know, did pretty well. The things that I look at are, like, weighted opportunities per game, which kind of ties to what you were talking about with the passes coming from Mike White and everything. So those were pr- maybe going to go down anyway. But, you know, he, he got them when when he was there, regardless of what was going on. Juke rate, breakaway run rate, fantasy points per touch. I mean, he, he stood out in a lot of things, and he looked pretty good. So if he does get that opportunity again, then I think he can be a pretty good running back. Yeah, I, I like you saying he's like now that like high priority backup because the way I look at him now, like what his weekly value to me is probably going to be like come season time is maybe around like what like Tony Pollard has been where it's they have like this tiny bit of weekly value because they're going to be involved. He's a good player, so they're going to get him touches. But if the person in front of him ever goes down, he's going to have a big, big week. You're going to want to rank him really highly. Skyler, what do we think? Yeah, I'm, I'm right, in line, right in line with everything John was saying here. Uh, Michael Carter is more of a 1A, 1B situation there with Brees. Um, a lot of that in the league with guys like, you know, you have your Jaden McKissick, you have your Tony Pollard, you have these guys who come in. He's going to he's gonna vulture off a couple targets here, there. He's a fine player, and everywhere he's gone, dating back to college with Javante Williams, he was efficient on his touches. Um, he had he ate in decently to that into the t- total touch share, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him eat in at least, you know, 40% of the market next year. And and uh, that's that's going to give him viable weeks. He's going to have flex upside. RB forties. I'm absolutely buying at that price. You know, if you held on to him, uh, you probably had him closer to RB twenty five thirty. You know, pre draft. If you didn't believe they were going to go running back and fall all the way to forty, it just absolutely what you said. Why would that be an overcorrection? Um, <clears throat> you know, the 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 running backs who finish every season around what RB you know that range rb40 are are not exactly guys you're running out and 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 grabbing in dynasty like we're talking that's like <laughs> sony michelle devonta freeman that was rb30 like your rb40s are kenneth kenneth gainwells jamal williams jd mckissicks and he's being priced right in there and i think he's just a better football player than all of those guys 
Um, and he should probably see a little bit more touches than those players. Like just Brees Hall can come in and be a modern day workhorse and Michael Carter can still get his touches. Like there aren't players in the league like, you know, CMC, Najee, Derrick Henry. Those players don't really exist. Those situations aren't really there in the NFL. Even guys like DeAndre Swift, he's given almost uh, 50% of his touches over to uh, Jamal Williams. Um, let's see, Alvin... Um, Nick Chubb's giving away touches, like Antonio Gibson's giving away touches. There's just a lot of these guys where they can still be extremely valuable and and have a guy who comes in and offers something as well. And that's probably Michael Carter. So in your in your RB0 build, he's definitely someone I'd be targeting because RB40 is like round 13, 14, 15 in your startup. And if you really think about that, I, I wouldn't be upset taking him there. Yeah, you know, three-down workhorse running backs, they don't really exist anymore. We only get a few of them every year. So to think that Reese Hall is just going to take all the work, I mean, we expect him to be good, but he's not going to be touching the ball 30 times a game. Yeah, I mean, that's the same tier that John is 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 bringing up. I mean, RB40 would be the back end of that tier. And whenever you're you're looking to draft, you're always aiming kind of for what players within a tier are the last ones remaining. That way you don't feel like you're reaching on players that aren't that valuable for Dynasty. And if Michael Carter is the last guy in that group who's fallen, I'd rather be taking Michael Carter in the 14th round than be taking, you know, Chase Edmonds in the 11th round or the 10th round. Like if I'm going to get the same tier of player, but get a three round discount just because he's falling back, uh, I'm going to do it every time. And he's actually given that ADP is falling back even outside of that tier in with those, you know, the Devin Singletary or Madre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Zamir White, Rashad Penny. And he's, he's worth more than those guys to me. If you I had agree. those guys, you could probably sell one of them or any of them for a Michael Carter plus, um, like you said, kind of like gaining a little bit by going to the back end of that, of that tier because I feel like they're all about the same thing. I mean, they, they all have a shot. It's just who's going to get injured and, and all that. Um, but in full PPR, I do really think that Carter can be a flex for you. Now it might not be an exciting flex and there's going to be disappointing weeks. I would assume, uh, because you know, Brees Hall is an exciting explosive player and he's going to go off on weeks, you know, in those weeks, Carter's not going to score. Carter's not going to be overly exciting, but you know, if, if they're down, we don't expect the Jets to be good. So they're going to be down in games. They're going to be throwing a lot, and that's his game. That's Carter's game. So if you if he can get you five receptions in a game in full PPR, bam, you already got five points right there. You know, regardless of the yardage and anything else that he's got. So there, he could he could even be or have a little more upside than I'm even giving him credit for. Now that I'm actually like talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it really wouldn't be that crazy if Michael Carter still averaged like ten PPR points per game this year just because of getting some receptions. Yeah, 2018 aside, that you're talking like James White, and I think he's just as talented as James White has been in his career. And James White has had plenty of bruisers playing in there ahead of him. He's never been more than just Absolutely. Um, a satellite back or you know, just a guy who comes in in relief. So perfect yeah. 1B type player. I think he's a better football player than people give him credit for. Probably shouldn't have been a fourth-round pick, if we're being honest. But moving on to... Another rookie, our second player for the day, which is Devonta Smith, who's going uh, wide receiver 29 currently in DLF startup ADP. Had a pretty good rookie year. In any year where Jamar Chase is not also in the class, people would be, I think, more ecstatic about Devonta Smith. He had over 100 targets, 64 receptions, 916 yards, and five touchdowns with Jalen Hurts throwing him the, the ball in a run-heavy offense. But then... 
the Eagles during the draft trade for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown comes into town. Now, I like to think that this is a sign that the Eagles are going to move back to passing more like they tried to do in the early bit of 2021, but they kind of failed at doing so, which I think is because they didn't really have the weapons to do it to begin with. But maybe now they're getting back to pass heavy, A.J. Brown coming to town might not be a death sentence for Devonta Smith. Skyler, what do you think? Yeah, 100%. I think they're really going to have to test out what they have going with Jalen Hurts here, push push him a little more. Was as you said, they tried to pass a little bit more early on in the season. They kind of moved away from that at the end of the year. The moves they're making tells me they're going to go kind of more back to the way they were playing before. And it just blows my mind that a wide receiver who was coming off the board in the mid to late first of rookie drafts last year can put up over 900 yards and five touchdowns and fall down rankings. Um, it just blows my mind. Like if you put him in, in rankings with last year's wide receiver class and this year's wide receiver class, he's going, he's in the big tier right behind Jamar chase with your, with your Garrett Wilson's, your Jalen Waddle, Drake London, um, Rashad Bateman. He's right in a tier with those guys. And he's not, he's not being priced like it. All those guys are going ahead of him in drafts. So if you could be able to, if you had the 106, which is Jameson Williams, 107, which is Chris Olave, 108, uh, which is like Sky Moore, and you just you sold any of those picks for Devontae Smith, it probably gets done. Honestly, if I have the 109 or 110, I'm sending the 109 or 110 in my third or something like that to try to get Devonta Smith in just this big market overcorrection. AJ Brown coming in town, it's Jalen Hurts a quarterback. Uh, it probably gets done, and I'm, I'm all for it at that price. Wide receiver 26 is Jerry Judy, which is been in the league longer, less proven. Um, his offense was also terrible last year, so we were projecting a, at least a return to at least league average or better with a guy like that. And he's two spots in front of a guy like Allen Robinson, who's 30 years old or 29 years old and is um, you know sliding into a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three role. So why he's being priced right next to those guys, it absolutely blows my mind. Just, just seeing where he's in here, I'm absolutely buying at these prices. It might be a little harder in your pre-existing leagues unless you go with the draft picks route. But if if you're having your startup now, I'm completely taking advantage of that price because that's wide receiver 29. We're talking around like six or seven. That's where he was going in drafts last year. Yeah, I think it's an incredible point to talk about where he was going last year. Put up a rookie season like that, which we don't often see, <laughs> and then somehow did not gain any sort of value. Je Justin Jefferson ruined it for everybody. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. You don't Jamar put up Chase, 1,400 yards so in the rookie year, and we're like, he's he's not that good. He's not that guy. Yeah. Go so look up <laughs> John, your favorite John, wide receiver's rookie season and come back to me. <laughs> I think it all boils down to the QB, and you know people are concerned about Jalen Hurts, and they love Hurts for his fantasy point scoring ability, but they don't love what his you know his receivers are going to do because he's not the greatest passer. But I think that it's a very easy option, and you know because it's either going to be Jalen Hurts takes a big step this year. Or he gets replaced next year. They still have multiple firsts next year, and you know everyone's freaking out about the next year QB class. I'm, I'm like pushing. You know, I'm hitting the brakes a little bit because I'm like, there's really only two that are. I don't even want to say guaranteed. And then people are just throwing a bunch of names at a wall and saying like, no, this one, this one, this one, this one. So like, not everyone's gonna get a QB, but I think that the Eagles are in the best spot to get a QB because they're probably not gonna be that good. I know people are talking about them making the playoffs and whatever, and. They probably will. Their their division's not that great. But, um, you know, if they're in, like, middle of the pack, you know, 20th or whatever, and having multiple firsts, it's not going to be that difficult to get up there into the top 10 and go get a QB next year. And that's if Hertz doesn't take a step forward. We're hoping that with having A.J. Brown, um, you know, opening up the offense, like uh, Buff was saying, they don't 
you know, they they had no one. Jalen Rager's terrible, uh, you know, and uh, and then you have Quez Watkins and a bunch of other you know no name wide receivers, uh, Travis Fulgham and whoever else. And it's like Greg Ward, you know, <laughs> yeah, that no one's gonna. No, of course, no one else is gonna be, you know, be, like be covered by anyone because they're like, we don't have to cover those guys. You know, we'll just go cover Devonte. And you know, I think Devonte is a very talented. He was my second, like, very high second-rated uh, wide receiver last year in the rookie class. Like, a lot closer to Jamar than I'd probably even like to admit. But uh, <laughs> I, I just, I really like the player, and he graded out as my wide receiver twenty last year. Uh, overall, not even for rookies, obviously, or anything like that. So, um, and with the wide receivers, you know, the, we we've talked about it over and over and over again. How about they they're earning their targets? So, like, you know, it's not just a running back like here, go run the ball or whatever. They're earning their targets. He had a similar weighted opportunity rating as Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, and Keenan Allen last year. You know, those are some big name guys. I mean, people are are putting Pittman into the the uh, first or the you know a wide receiver one territory now. And, you know, obviously we know Keenan's up there. T Higgins is like what wide receiver six in dynasty right now. And you know, he was the only thing you can really say is he, he had so many unrealized, realized air yards. He, you know, didn't have very accurate targets and things coming from Hertz. And maybe that's not going to change, but the player talent is there. And I want that talent because it, whether it happens this year with Hertz or whether it happens next year, like I said, that's at some point he is going to explode. I truly do believe it. And you know, you said he's wide receiver 30. I have him as wide receiver 14 in dynasty. I'm much higher. <laughs> if you didn't already realize that. <laughs> yeah. I love what you brought up. I, I, I love what you brought up about uh, Jalen hurts. Either he takes that big step or they just move on with those draft picks. You know, the situation that's basically the only two ways it can go. And those are both pretty good, honestly. And people love to preach about talent over opportunity until they, or talent over situation until they don't like the situation. We see it over and over again. It's a bad situation, and then people throw away everything they've been preaching up until that point. Yeah, yeah and I mean, they it's not even a given they draft a rookie, right? If you're nervous about a rookie coming in, them trading up to get to take a rookie in the thing in the in the draft. We saw how many quarterbacks get traded with for multiple first last offseason. Like the way the NFL is going, and the Eagles were reported to go after. Russell Wilson, they reported to go after Kyler Murray, they were reported to go after Matt Ryan, they reported to go after um, Deshaun Watson. Uh, they were out there shopping, and they picked up extra first for next year. They still have Jalen Hurts. He'll be under contract for one more. Like they have, they have things to throw at a team to try to to try to take off um, a veteran quarterback if that's the direction they want to go next year. So, absolutely. I've learned yeah, my talent. lesson about like undervaluing wide receivers that I really like because of their situation. And this isn't like an AJ Brown thing or whatever. This is a Marquise Brown thing. I have always been lower on Marquise Brown because of his situation being in Baltimore. And, but I loved the player. I really, I did. He was my, he was at least a top three rookie. I forget exactly where I had him um, in that year, but I mean, he, I really liked him coming out and then, he went to Baltimore and I was like, man, you know, I, I just can't do it. So I dropped him down my ranks. I still had him, you know, fairly high, but I just, I barely have any Marquise Brown. And now he gets traded to an amazing situation <laughs> and, you know, with my favorite QB and, and all this. And, and now I'm like, I can't get him. Now I actually, I did trade. Um, I traded a, a one Oh eight in a rookie draft for Marquise Brown. And, and so, you know, like kind of like what you're talking about with Devonte Smith and, you know, it's just like, go get your guy at that point. Um, 
but you know, if, if, if everyone else is off the board, cause I'm not taking sky more at one Oh eight, you know, so <laughs> I'll go get me some, uh, some Marquise Brown, but it's kind of the same thing. We have no idea what could happen. They could trade Devonte Smith. They could trade for Kyler Murray. They could trade, you know, so many things can change between now the mid season or the end of the season. And then you're going to be kicking yourself when you don't have Devonte Smith. Yeah. Not to mention Marquise Brown was still pretty productive while he was in Baltimore too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I'm not even saying I was necessarily yeah. right or anything like that. I still. I mean, I, I guess I was because I liked the player. I was yeah. maybe I was a little yeah, wrong I'm, I'm about the situation hurting him. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, I I think things are going to be better now, and I don't have enough Marquise mm-hmm. Brown because I had lowered him right. in my ranks. Right. All right. Let's get on to our last player of the day. Going from two rookies to a guy who's 33 years old, Ryan Tannehill whose ZLF startup ADP currently is QB 24. But he's been a QB 1 ever since he took over for Marcus Mariota. He was QB 4 in 2019 after he took over for Mariota and QB 7 in 2020. And he was QB 12 last year, even though his seemed to have a pretty down year. He uh, was buoyed by seven rushing touchdowns, which he seems to just do every year now, it looks like. But then the Titans draft, Malik Willis in the third round. I know what John's going to say about Malik Willis because we, <laughs> me and him, have talked a good bit about this. But you know, I, I'm not sure it's a threat really till maybe 2024. Ryan Tannehill's contract is not easy to get out in, until then uh, to begin with, and I think Malik Willis needs a lot of time to learn. John, what do we think about this price on Ryan Tannehill? So I was getting, to, and I'm a Titans fan. Uh, just to be very clear about this, uh, but I was getting to the point where I was almost all out on Ryan Tannehill. I had lowered, like I, I, I run a trade calculator on my Patreon, and and uh, I had lowered him down to a like a 100, which is exactly like a back end first round pick. You know, like pretty low. I'd bet most people probably would have had him, you know, a little higher than that. I have now, ever since they drafted Malik Willis, I have raised Ryan Tannehill in my in my trade calculator. Um, I, I don't see Malik Willis, like you said. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about Malik. It's going to be in like two years. It's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year. It. I, I think this actually clears the way for Tannehill to be the starter for the next two years at the very least. And then, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen at that point. Um you know, last year was not great. And losing Derrick Henry is, we see how important he is for that team. Um, but the biggest thing that we see, we see with Tannehill is in the last three seasons before last year, he had a, like a 6 or 7% touchdown rate. Like he was extremely efficient. Even his last year in uh, Miami, he had a 6.2% touchdown rate. Then he comes over to Tennessee, he has a 7.7% rate, which is never going to, you know, happen again like it was way too high but then the next year he's a 6.9 percent rate and then last year he has a four percent touchdown rate you know like something's not (laughs) one of these things is not like the other and so uh, i everything that happened with aj brown julio jones being hurt obviously derrick henry being hurt and, and them having to rely so much on him even before that because of the wide receiver injuries you see it you know in the numbers for ryan Tanhill, and so i think that just by looking at that, you would expect a little like good regression, you know, regression to the mean and, uh, and things would be better for him anyway. Um, yes, he has a rookie wide receiver in Traylon Burks instead of AJ Brown, but they're kind of similar players, you know? So I think regardless, he's going to be better. And like I said, I I don't see Malik Willis as being uh, a threat anytime soon. 
And I mean, the you were talking about the contract situation. I mean, he he's owed a crap load of money this year, and then he still has a twenty million or nineteen million dollar dead cap next year. So it's not like they're just going to be like, oh yeah, you know, it's nineteen mil. Who cares or whatever? Especially for a Malik Willis that is not prepared to be to be an NFL QB anyway. But I I mean to like put an actual number on it. I have him as my QB twenty now, and I think you had said he was QB twenty four on uh, right. DLF. So, you know, like I don't have them substantially higher, but, you know, really when you're getting into that range, four spots is actually a pretty big difference, you know? Yeah, I, I've i got him at our, uh, QB 21, so I'm right there with you that, like, at this price, I am interested. Skyler, I want to hear what you have to say, and I want to know, what do you think about the loss of A.J. Brown for Ryan Tannehill? Um, the loss of A.J. Brown. I think if Derrick Henry is healthy, that's the thing that I'm concerned with most because his splits without A.J. Brown the years prior were, were just fine. He really just struggled when they had no way to establish the run in there, and then he, he flourishes when he's in play action. He gets more opportunities for free rollouts and uh, scrambles into the end zone, and you, they really didn't have that same ability to run those types of plays without Derrick Henry. I mean, he had stretches last year where his, his RB1 was Deonta Foreman, his wide receiver one was Nick, Nick Westbrook-Kikine, like – Right. Why you think? Right. Why do you think his efficiency went down? Like who's who? Who was he hitting? He looked absolutely hornswoggled in some games last year. Like he looked frazzled. He had multiple turnovers in multiple games, and I really don't blame him. I mean, the team still finishes the number one seed. He's owed forty million dollars next year. I don't see them moving on anytime soon. So as far as being secure, I don't think you have to worry about it. RB twenty four or QB twenty four. Yeah, I'm fine with him at that price. He just he falls into that zone of players where. You, you feel really gross moving a, a first round pick for him, but he's probably not getting sold for a second round pick. So really I'd just be sitting in my rookie drafts. If you really need a quarterback, I'd be waiting until Johan Dotson is gone. And then I'd probably be okay trading any pick thereafter for Ryan Tannehill. People going crazy for, for Kenny Pickett. I have Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill right next to each other. And that's probably too aggressive on Kenny Pickett, just being him with the Steelers. So if you're if you're looking for a quarterback, instead of drafting Kenny Pickett, same thing we told you with Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr in that episode, like you can probably get Ryan Tannehill and a, and a first for trading that pick that's Pickett and a second. Like that probably gets done. So um, I would just play it that way. And if you can pick him up for a second, like Tannehill, I'm not probably targeting him individually, but I'm going to go inquire about Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, and whichever one I can buy for the cheapest. If I have like a 203, a 204, a 205, I'll send that pick for all of them. And one of the managers in your league might just take it, especially if it's a QB three or four. So that's why I fall on Ryan Tannehill. I'm not overly excited. He's going to outproduce his ADP. Like wherever he goes, if he's 24, he's going to finish higher than 24. But that's, you know, that's a little different with Dynasty. I think he'll probably go closer to quarterback 15 in 15, 16, 17 in redraft, and he'll probably outperform that ADP as well. So uh, from that standpoint, if you're looking for QB2 production as a fringe QB1 when it's all said and done, he's probably that guy. It's not, it's not very inspiring. It doesn't feel too great, but if you're looking for a quarterback, he's the type of player I'd at least inquire about. But I would not be overpaying for 34-year-old Ryan Tannehill coming off his least efficient season in like four years. <laughs> Here, I, I've got the trade for you, okay? Now, as I mentioned, Ryan Tannehill is QB 24 in DLF startup ADP. QB 25 is Malik Willis. <laughs> That's so, ridiculous. That's repulsive. Maybe if you just drafted Malik Willis, send him over for Ryan Tannehill. Maybe it gets done. What do we think? Yeah. I, I was actually going to say that. I mean, now I, I, 
I cannot. It's just against my brand, so I cannot legally draft Malik Willis and then <laughs> trade him. Um, and so, like, I can't do it. But I'm sure other listeners, you know, have drafted Malik Willis somewhere. And if you got him at like a two hundred six price or whatever, and all you have to do is add a third, then you just did two hundred six and a third for Ryan Tannehill, and that's when you know now bad. you're you're profiting. That's how you do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, any of those guys really, like Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, uh, you know, even like. You could probably, I would have, like, I, my last rookie draft started this weekend, and uh, Kenny Pickett went at 102. Now, that, that was by far the earliest that he had gone in any of my rookie drafts. I'm not saying that's the norm. It was a home league, so, I mean, it's definitely not the norm. But, you know, that's the whole point about rookie drafts is they're all different. Um, mm-hmm. You can probably get Ryan Tannehill plus for Kenny Pickett. Like, maybe. I mean, it, it's not a guarantee, but there's a decent chance that you can probably get a little bit added on to a Ryan Tannehill from a Kenny Pickett. So, like, I'd really be just about, besides Matt Corral, if you guys know me, I'm, I'm a huge Matt Corral fan. I'm not adding to Matt Corral to get Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but just about any of the other QBs in this draft, I'd definitely be looking to to move off and, and go ahead and get Tannehill. Like I said, I mean, maybe it's just my hatred for Malik, but I feel so much more comfortable about Ryan Tannehill's, uh, you know, like, prospects going forward than uh, than I did a month ago, you know, two months ago. Yeah, it's exactly the range I was talking about, though. Like Malik Willis is going two or five, two or six, and I said if you have any pick two or three, two for two or five, you can probably go and offer that for Ten Hill straight up, and the ADP backs that. And at one hundred two, you're getting a lot on top of Ryan Tano for the one hundred two. Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you were talking, we're at the one ten, and Kenny Pickett's there. I still think you probably get plus on top of Ryan Tano for Kenny Pickett in most yeah. leagues. But it, but if you're at the one hundred two right. and you're desperate enough to where you're like, I need to take Kenny Pickett. My my quarterback room is gross. Yeah, that's not the move because you can get a, you can get a twenty three first and Ryan Tannehill for the one hundred two in a second. That gets done. Someone in your league is taking that deal. To to put a button on this Ryan Tannehill talk, talking about Kenny Pickett going as QB twenty two in DLF ADP, but he is twenty spots ahead of him in overall, so almost two rounds. So when you look at it that way, I think you can do Ryan Tannehill plus for Pickett. Now, John. Appreciate you coming on again. It was a lot of fun, as always. Before we, we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I wanted I want more people on Happy Hour. Uh, I really <laughs> haven't made a push in a very long time. I used to like tweet it out every Friday and everything, and and you know we kind of we've gotten comfortable with our group. Uh, Buffalo and White are both part of Happy Hour. We join. We do a Zoom call every Friday night. And, you know, not everyone joins every week. Obviously, we all have lives and everything, but we have a group of about, what, 30, 40 people that, you know, kind of, you know, come and go as they please and everything. And and it's a lot of fun. We just drink. Sometimes we talk football. Sometimes we talk life or whatever. Um, But I, I love the people that I've met and the 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 times that we've had and and you know we've we've made trips of it because like we've gotten together and 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 had trips where we've all met i went to uh, my buddy Duchesne's wedding in maine you know and i met him on happy hour so my goal is to start recruiting more people to happy hour i want to make i i'm allowed to have my my zoom uh, membership allows 100 people on the zoom call i want 100 <laughs> people on happy hour uh, so, I mean, I have a bunch of other stuff I can pimp out, but that's my goal is uh, is to get more people on happy hour. So this Friday, uh, if you guys want to slide into the DMs, whether it's me, Wyatt, or Buffalo, and we will send you the link and we'll just hang out. It's usually around uh, 7 or 8 e- Eastern, like I said, every Friday. 
and uh, we'll hang out and drink and have some fun. You old men gotta stay up a little longer, man. I don't get out of, get out of work some days till eight Pacific time. It's eleven p.m. midnight, y'all. Are, I know. Y'all are better my, get on. It's just Toronto. My Dave kids and wake, just waking up. <laughs> my kids wake me up at six a.m. I trust me. There was a very. I'm like we've been doing this for two years now, and I've I've only missed maybe a handful of Fridays at this point. Um, and so there was a time where I was going until four or five a.m. and you know I was just dying the next day. You know, it's just yeah, I mean, it's so rough. My kids wake me up at six a.m. I, I can't, oh, yeah. I can't all the time, oh, yeah, but I, I can confirm sometimes. happy hour is a great time full of great people. So I highly suggest joining in if you'd want to. As for me and Skyler, you can find him on Twitter at the FF Buffalo. You can find me on Twitter at Wyatt B underscore FF. Find JWB at JWB underscore FF. Find all of our content at JWBFantasyFootball.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow everywhere, and we'll see you next time. Discord.